0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans. Burrow's furniture is built for the way you live, from ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating. They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
1: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love.
2: Good evening, this is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by former United defender Lee Lawrence to talk over a very eventful week at Manchester United. If you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your comments and questions in. And if you're watching the replay, feel free to say hello and comment. We do reply. If you're listening back on the audio podcast as well, be sure to give us a subscription and a review of the
1: platform you're listening on. How are you doing, Lee? You all right? I'm all good, mate, all good. It seems uh, an eternity since the last time uh, I was on here speaking to you and Phil. It's a good few weeks ago. Um, yeah. And we've had, a, we've had a, a great, some great results, so um, I'm sure there's quite a bit to mull over.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, let's hope that we're not the jinx. I mean, it, it was a couple of weeks off for all of us, and then we tentatively brought Fill back last week and the results kept going well so if it, it might be me and you that's the jinx we'll see this week and um, you were away last week for, uh, Lee and we talked about this on the pod I don't know if you listened back we we were uh, you were away because you were at a dinner at Shrewsbury um, celebrating um, you were part of Shrewsbury's greatest ever team um, and you know there was a big celebration last week for the, the promotion season uh, What what season was it again?
1: Um, it was the two thousand and three four season.
2: Yep, you were a, a big part of that. Um, beloved, and the you know like obviously remembered very fondly and very well down there. Invited back for the dinner last week. Um, I guess what twentieth anniversary of that? 20,
1: 20, yeah, twenty years. Twenty years. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Um, what was it like being back there? It was amazing, mate. Um, it was it was a bit surreal, really. I got um, I got a. Well, it was through Twitter. i got a message off Dave Edwards, uh, who played for Wolverhampton, um, and Wales, But you'll remember Dave, I'm sure. Um, he's a Shrewsbury lad through and through. Um, when I was there, he was, he was a little bit younger than me, um, but he was part of that um, Shrewsbury set-up with Joe Hart and a few others, uh, Ryan Lowe, who's Preston's manager. Yeah. And he just texted me on Twitter and uh, just said, Joe, thanks fancy coming down. I do a bit of a podcast with a lad called Sammy Airstein. It's called In The Stiffs. He said, we're just thinking it would have been a, a bit of a podcast in front of a live audience. So I said, yeah, why not? i will come down, not thinking there's going to be, you know, might have been 50, 60 people there, questioning and answers. And it turned out there was a Coliseum full of 670 mad Shrewsbury fans. Um, no way. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was surreal, but I enjoyed it. It was, you know, the, the fans at Shrewsbury, I, I, I would never hide it. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. They're nuts about the football. They love it. And like I say, to sell a Coliseum out for a team 20 years ago, um, just to literally... Get us all together and congratulate us. And apparently, the best ever, what's been voted the best ever season, was a, an amazing experience, and it's a, one I'll, uh, I'll never forget. To be honest,
2: yeah, I, I made up like even that is like you're a good guy. We talk football on this podcast, but you're a good guy, and I like it when good things happen to to good people. And the bad luck you had at United, people don't know your story, and they should go back and. I'm not plugging my book here. I'll I will just to say, the...
1: Purgish Pergi, fledglings I'll tell you. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, I'll I'll put the chapter up for free, I don't mind, just to tell your story and what you went through and how difficult it was for you at United, and, and even after you came back from Shrewsbury and, and your career after that. But, you know, you deserve, first of all, two moments. The first moment being that you won the FA Youth Cup with United, which is nothing to be sniffed at. Second of all, that you had this massive professional achievement to be part of something where you are voted part of a, football, a professional team, one of the professional teams in England, one of their greatest ever squads. That's got to be... I mean, I'm not saying it's compensation for the career that you missed out on, but it's got to be a nice feeling that that's how you're remembered. You know, like that you've got that kind of place in the game. That, that's got to be special for you.
1: Sure, mate, sure. To be honest, everything what happened in football, from, like, say, for winning the FA Youth Cup to win on loan at Shrewsbury and then um, had a... Well, a bit of a tough choice do i do i go down to the lower leagues or do i come back to united and you know fight for the first team spot um i got my first team squad number when i come back from shrewsbury um back of the programs european um, so european shirts at home you know everything was going well but unfortunately like i say when you read most people's autobiographies which you'll know yourself football's a game of luck um you've got to be you know you've, you've got to have that natural ability don't get me wrong um but you've got to be very, very lucky um, with injuries and being at the right place at the right time. Unfortunately, it wasn't for me. But I kept my blessings every day that you know I had a, I had a, I was at United for eleven years, um, played with some fantastic footballers, you know, with the world's best in Rooney and Ronaldo and things like that. What you know, you wouldn't change for the world. Yeah, absolutely. Good
2: um, to, yeah, I know. Obviously, I know you well. you have always had that perspective about you. Um, Got a couple of comments coming in from T2 that Izzo is already excited talking about Liverpool. He says, good evening, gents. I'm not going to get onto your Liverpool preview comments just yet because we're going to be talking about that in a bit. Um, Lee, I've not had you on um, since, obviously, we've got the Newcastle. God, it feels like ages ago we played Newcastle in the Cup final on Sunday. Um, And obviously, we didn't speak over the Barcelona legs as well. I think that's unfortunately that's been in gun. Me and Phil talked about that last week. Yeah, he, yeah. he can talk about Newcastle for sure. Um really good to get um you know obviously Tenog, everyone's been talking about him. He's got the most impressive win percentage of any United manager of all time. Obviously statistics in a shorter period of time it, it can be a little bit misleading. But I remember was it, um, so, um, not Solskjaer's start, but I mean, it definitely ranked in last season. They were pulling up the stats every time we did not win a game. And when David Boyes was struggling, um, they were pulling up the stats and his win percentage and everything like that. So it's good, even though you don't want to get carried away with it, it's good to see someone on the right end of one of these comparisons and say, doing that. And yeah, all right, you've got the win percentage. The most important thing is um, how it ends up. And first of all, it's ended up with at least one trophy. Um, not the most impressive performance in the final, actually, but you kind of felt like it wasn't going to be a good game anyway and It's kind of like how United managed the game, and in terms of how they managed the game, they managed it expertly they they cut off what Newcastle were going to threaten. they scored the first goal, which was gonna be crucial. And then they dictated the pace of the game. After that, yeah, Newcastle had more of the ball. United allowed them to have more of the ball. United counted on them and, you know, could have had a couple of goals in the second half. But all in all, that kind of professional performance that you really want to see in a cup final, wasn't it?
1: It Yeah, it was always going to be cagey in my eye. Um, I think most finals are, especially if you look at the league, you know, the league table where Newcastle and United are, you know, Touching and going hand-in-hand with each other, um, so I always thought it was going to be cagey. Um, I think we managed the game really well. Um, like I say, it weren't an exciting final by any stretch of the imagination, um, but you look at what we did, it was kind of over before half-time in my eyes. Um, let like i say we, we managed it well and let's be honest, if we would have got battered the full 90 minutes, but come out with a scrappy win, we would have took it. Um, before the before the beginning of the season, we was all talking about what would be a you know a successful season for us this year. Um, and if someone would have said that you know we would have won a trophy and being a top four after Christmas, we, we would have bit anyone's under for it. You know, and we're still going strong in the FA Cup, um, still in European football. You know, for me, Ten Hag's done a, 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 a he's having a world of a first season. And like I say, we don't want to get carried away too much because you know. You see it with players too. They come in and they have a, a, a first season where they're absolutely, you know, chomping at a bit and phenomenal, and, and it wears off after a little bit. But um, this Hag for me, he he, he he looks special. You know, I, I didn't know much about him before he came to United, which I've never never really made any, you know, said that I did. Um, but what he's doing and the decisions he's making, not in you know, in middle of games and the substitutions he's making. Everything's paying off, mate. And you know, it's 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 great to watch a match, you know at United play, even when we're not playing well, and think to yourself, you know what, we're still gonna win this. Now, if you'd have gone back last season and we weren't playing well or we'd have conceded a goal or a couple of goals, we never could see it. You know, whenever you were getting back into a game, now when I go a goal down, I ain't worried because I know we're gonna score a goal. I know we've got that belief in the in the squad that you know we'll pull our socks up and, and we're gonna go at them and. That's the nice thing. It's refreshing to think that we can win any game now. Well, if yeah. you would have asked me last season, you know, would you have had the confidence of playing like you likes so of Arsenal, Cities, Liverpool, Barcelona? I'd have laughed and said we're going to get hammered six nil. That's what we used to say on the podcast. you we said, "Well, realistically, I don't want to." When we used to give score predictions, score predictions, we used to say, "Realistically, I, I think we'll get hammered five nil." But I'm not betting against United. Uh, but now. You know, are you surprised if you don't get a result? And that, that for me, is, is, is more or less to one man and that's ten and Well, I say one man, ten and his and stuff.
2: Yeah, you've got it. I mean, you do have to praise the players as well because I, I've been saying this all week that I, I personally, I was very critical of the players last season towards the back end of the season. You know, like losing 4-0 at Liverpool, losing the way that we did at City in a game. Gary Neville came out and really criticised the players and we lost at Brighton 4-0. It was embarrassing. And at that time, it's like you can't see any of these players. And I said it a couple of times. You couldn't see any of the players being involved in a, a, a team that wins a trophy for United, and a few of them have. And, you know, they've stood up. They've they've come out um, and played good football. They've, they've responded to the challenge. And, yeah, yes, absolutely, they might be down to 10 but you've got to give the players credit as well because... We gave them plenty of criticism last season. I, I did. And at the start of this season, so to see the response. But it is interesting you said that about you know, you've got confidence of the players coming back because the game against West Ham was a really good example of where United are, how far they've still got to go in terms of what they can afford to get away with because they make the changes, five or six changes in that team and You know, obviously, the problem you can call it a problem, you can call it a difference in style with Maguire and Lindelof without wanting to be too critical. The fact that we play deeper and we play more ponderous at the back. But what I would say from watching that game on, on Wednesday night, and I don't know if you agree with me, whenever I watched and I was watching them on purpose to see if they did it, they were moving the ball a lot. Quicker, they were moving it forward quicker. They were trying to choose the first uh, pass to be a forward one rather than play to each other because they know that, you know, that's something that the crowd sort of get um, a bit discouraged with. And maybe the manager's been a little bit frustrated with as well because they were trying to play it forward. All right, they're not the best at doing that. Lindelof, a little bit better than Maguire. And Maguire's not bad on the ball, He's just perhaps suits a slower team or a team that can play slower. Than United um, need to under 10 at the moment, especially at home when they need to uh, chase a game and, and score a goal. But the, the point I'm making is that when United make those five or six changes, it still looks like it might be difficult to break down any team in the top fly. It looks like it's still a progress on that, um, still a work in progress on that front. But then they make the changes. And suddenly they they go from a team who would struggle against any team in the division to one that can win any team in the division. The chasm feel, and I don't know if that's because the, the top league is a lot tighter at the moment in terms of like, so sort of like let's say 17 or 18 teams and then City having an off day or whatever. I'd still say City have got the strongest squad and on their, on their day they should sort of walk the league. But in that sort of 17 or 18 other teams, the quality in the, the well the gap in quality isn't so big the united um can't couldn't make a big stride like they have done and you know yeah they made the changes casemiro comes on rashford comes on and they immediately look like winning the game in fact we did from off time to be fair as soon as they broke casemiro on, because and i don't want to be too disrespectful or unfair to scott McTominay, but you bring him off casemiro He's an upgrade on any player, isn't it? Really, Casemiro. That we're not just slagging. I'm not having a go at McTominay. Casemiro would be an upgrade on any player you're going to bring him on for, and the difference that he made um, spoke volumes on Wednesday night, didn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, mate. He's uh, is unreal, and let's be honest, is uh, is phenomenal at the minute, Casemiro. Um, going about the changes, I was just listening to you there, then, um, and I think it just shows how important the signings have been. Really, um, it's it's great. If you if you look back, like I say last season, that was one of probably the team what we were starting, what we started uh against West Ham. Um and it looked like very similar football, to be honest, what we were playing in my eyes. Um like I say it did look like they tried to get the ball forward a little bit more quicker um, than they used to last season. But I was still worried when I seen that team. I thought, you know, it's gonna be a tough game against West Ham. Yeah. Um but I always had it in the back of my mind when they started bringing on the players, what we've what we brought, like say, and the players, what are in form, i.e. your Ashfords, your Casemiro, even your Fred's now, you know what I mean, even, and you know as well as anybody, I've championed Fred from day one, Um, even when he was getting absolutely ripped to death, saying he shouldn't even be in Manchester never mind playing for Man United, I always said there was a play even there with Fred, you could see it, you could see the work rate, you could see the effort straight away and then you could see that he had something about him and the, the, the change what Tenag's brought about uh, about Fred is is unreal. I don't know whether that's because he's brought Casemiro in and he plays him with Brazil and, you know, he's, he's, he's gaining experience and knowledge of Casemiro um, because that's another thing that he'll bring to the squad, not just on the field but off the field too, uh, especially with him and Varane. They've won everything. They've got the know-how-how-to-win, uh, the, the gal, the skill. You know, they've been there and done it. So they bring a wealth of um, knowledge to the squad too, which is... Which is unreal, but like going back to my point, I think that the the, the guys we brought in it's been uh it's been monumental in the in the change around. And you take them three or four guys out and like I say it looks very similar than what we had last year. So we've got great signings now. Um even the lads on loan, especially for me, Weg I think is uh although he's not scoring goals and that's probably what we brought him in to do. The other stuff he's doing, the the work rate and you know, the, the hold up play. Um We've not had that type of striker for a long time. Um, and I wouldn't be disappointed if we kept him, I'll be honest. I know he's a, a lone lad. Um, but for me, he's, he's doing a, a phenomenal job up there at the moment. And he's, he's, he's helping the team and helping the uh, more skillful individuals massively with, um, with his pressing and, and and with his sense of uh, attacking football. And it's great to see, you know what I mean? I, I can't be more more happy when I watch a number nine, actually, Want to play for United and want to want to do something because we've not had it for a good while, and to see someone with that determination and you know that he just wants to do well. He just you can see he wants to play for Man United. He wants to be a Man United player. And for me, that's everything.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I've never been this enamored by a, a centre forward who doesn't score goals. You know, everything around the box. Seems to fall apart, but everything else that he does in his play is magnificent. You know, he comes back and defends, he chases down the lost causes. His build-up play outside of the box is generally pretty good. It's obviously around the box, it's a little bit trickier. I don't think he maybe it's a belief thing at the moment. I don't think when you look at him shooting, he doesn't like he's shooting with conviction or enough power. Maybe that's you know a little bit of lacking belief in that. Um but you're quite right. Everything else that he does, and sometimes it doesn't matter if he's not scoring. But like from two things that he did the other night, two goals came from it. you know? So what can you you can what can you say? Do you know he's doing the job? And it's the same as Sibica. um probably the most unsung of of them all of the signings to be fair. But he's really like you know it, it shows you technical capability goes a long way, you know, I don't want to be, again, too critical of McTominay or, or Fred for that matter, because like I said, Fred's definitely enjoying his best run of form, but when you've got know someone who can just keep the play ticking over, not as exciting or not as productive as Ericsson, but still keeps it ticking over, keep, keep possession of the ball, um, and he's really good at winning it back as well. Um, yeah, the... It, it makes you think that maybe both of the loan signings at United wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be a terrible decision to you know if if you could get them both on sort of relatively inexpensive deals in the summer, they'd be fairly good options to take up, to be fair. Um, the T two that Izzo says about um, the game the other night, Lindelof and Maguire aren't bad players, they just don't suit the system. We Need at least two of Martinez Shaw and Casemiro to pass out. Yeah, I mean, that's the point, isn't it? Martin Shaw sure, has been incredible as well, but in terms of transformational signings, you've got Martinez who pushes the play up from the defence and Casemiro, who I mean, we've not had a, a player in the middle of the park make that kind of difference since Roy Keane, to be fair. And, and you know, it's no disrespect to Michael Carrick. Who Outstanding, but you're talking about a player who's won five Champions Leagues, world class Brazilian midfielder, and not really Brazilian in, in terms of like he's going to do the tricks and everything, but he's timing the level of experience that you need and, and ability and mental strength to have that perfection in timing with almost everything that he does. Um, he's just not, we, I mean. Brian Robson, even Roy Keane didn't have that because he wasn't that experienced when he first signed. You know what I mean? So Brian Robson maybe at that kind of level, but even then, I think like the level that Casemiro's at from signing him and the difference that he's made to midfield is just unbelievable, astronomical, really.
1: Um, I think it, I think it shows what I think about Casemiro. It shows how good he is because he's not a fast player. You wouldn't class Casemiro as, as a pacey player. But how he gets himself into them positions to take that ball off centre forward, it's like he knows two or three seconds before where the ball's going. So he's yeah. his, his reading of the game and his, his knowledge where that next pass going is, is second to none. I've never seen I've never seen no one like it with his pace. Normally you get people like that who'll get to things because they're very quick. So by the time they receive the ball, the midfield has got to him because of his pace. Casimiro's not got that pace. But for me, he's the best in the league, or maybe best in the world, in world football. But knowing where that next ball is going and robbing a player with the ball, and that just shows how how technically gifted he is in his head with football.
2: Yeah, he's unbelievable. I I would say definitely the best midfielder in the league. And people will say, oh, he's only been in for a few months. But again, look at the pedigree. Five Champions League medals, Real Madrid. Um, he made that midfield tick. And don't get me wrong, they're ticking quite nicely at the moment as their 5-2 winner, Liverpool, showed. But um, just magnificent player. Um, Robbie says, good evening, lads. Hope you're both well and all set for Sunday. Yes, we are, mate. Um, we'll be talking about Liverpool in a moment. Um, one last thing before we move on from West Ham. Um, part of our, we've already praised Fred, but we've got to talk about that goal from Garnaccio. I mean... Lee. what a first touch first of all, and then the finish is just outstanding, the, but the first touch, we watch it back you know, it's one of those things where you just you almost want to watch it again and again and again, just to marvel at how good that first touch was it's unbelievable, and the finish is outstanding, but I, as well I think that the quote from Tenog was that he challenged Garnacho to make a difference from the start of a game so it tells you something about an 18 year old lad who, who, by the way made a few mistakes, took a few gambles that didn't come off, but in the last minute of a cup tie, as the coolness and the technical perfection to just control the ball like that and finish it in the way that it did, you are just got to take your hat right off to him for that, haven't He's just magnificent.
1: I mean, what a talent. For me, what a talent we've got on our hands. Probably for me, I would say, as an 18-year-old kid, one of if not the best talents up and coming in, in, in world football. I can't think of anyone at his age who excites me more than he excites me now. Um, like I say, he's, he's raw and he does lose the ball. It reminds me of a young Ronaldo when Ronaldo come. Um, it, I'm sure he probably models his game on Ronaldo because Ronaldo is his hero he makes. you know, Everybody knows that. But some of the stuff he did, like I say, the goal was exceptional. For, for, for someone to the first touch and to, to have the composure, to put it where he put it, um, unbelievable. But some, some of the stuff he does, the little stuff... Um, and he, he can drop his shoulder and beat a player as though the player's not even there. Um, and when you've got that natural ability, if as long as he keeps his head and he doesn't let, obviously, doesn't let it go, the fame and the praise he's getting, he doesn't, he doesn't let it go get to him too much. Um, and I don't think Tenag will. I think Tenag will. will keep him grounded. Um, best prospect in world football for me at the moment, and I don't say that lightly. I think he's, I think he's a phenomenal, phenomenal prospect.
2: Yeah, definitely helping United, and definitely um, a really good, um, not problem, really good solution to have for, for United because it gives um, Ten Hag those options to have Vego either as a nine or moving back as a false, uh, like a ten where he's been playing, where Rashford's been playing in front of him. We've got the option to change that front line in the middle of games, which you wouldn't have thought, even when we signed Vegos, you would have thought that's a fairly static front line where all the players are going to play and now it looks really fluid you've got different options in there does Anthony play all the time where does Sancho fit into that but Sancho was playing well before he got poorly Rashford's obviously in great form Anthony's in great form as well Um and really good problems to have. Um, takes us into the game against Liverpool. Oh, but by the way, a couple of more comments as well. Richard says, good evening. It's no secret. Casemiro has been the best defensive midfield player this past decade. Big call, but you might not be wrong with that. And Robbie says, "Gonacho got called up today for Argentina. Yeah, absolutely. And Hope he gets that cap. Um, I'm sure he will. And if not this time, then it will happen in the, in the future. Um, Liverpool, I was, I I made um, a bit of a stir on another podcast I was on this week, Paul, uh, Paul, Paul, I'm just so engrossed in my Monday morning podcast where I just say, Paul, Paul, Paul. Um, Lee, I was, I got um, so not pelters, I'm not going to say pelters, Um, I'm confident on Sunday, not Not confident enough to say we're going to win, but the the perspective I've been putting it in is that I'm the most confident I am of United getting a result there this century, even going back to the Ferguson days. And I'm trying to look, think back over the years and think the managers that we've played against. So like whenever it was Benitez. I never looked forward to those games because she thought it was going to be dour and horrible. And Since then, I've never really been confident that we're going to go and get a win. And I do genuinely believe this is probably the first time since the turn of the century that, not that, again, that I can still be brave enough to stick my neck out and say we're going to win, but I still feel more confident about we're not going to go there. I feel confident to say that we're not going to go there and lay down. Oh, we're gonna go there and give a good account of ourselves this time round, and I don't know. I don't know if that means that I'm, my brain is subconsciously thinking. Oh, we've got a really good chance of winning. Like I said, I just can't bring myself to say that. At the same time, like I said, I do feel um, that confident. Am I being a little bit too optimistic, considering? You know, We've had some great teams in this century of which you've been a part of those squads. Have I been a little bit too carried away with, with the 10-org syndrome at the moment?
1: No, I wouldn't say he was, mate. I'd, I'd probably go one step further and say if we don't win, I'd be slightly disappointed. Um, I, 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 and that, that's that's me being truthful. Last season, if we were going away uh, playing at Liverpool, I'd have thought we were going to get hammered four or five nil. And that, that's just me. I, I, I had no confidence in the squad. I thought, I did, I, sometimes I did thought, do, do I even watch the game? Do I want to watch this game because I've got a feeling I'm going to get churched? And, you know, a couple of times we did. Was it the 5-1? Um, you know, and they, they they didn't just beat us with a big scoreline. It made it look like Premier League versus League 2 sometimes. You know what I mean? It was it was that embarrassing. Um, this year, I like I just said, I don't fear any, any top four team or any team really in the league. I think if we can Field the feel the squad with you know the vast majority of lads being fit. Um, I mean, just off the to top of my head, you you look we've got in our squad now, and you think of a Premier League eleven and how many people are getting that Premier League eleven. There'll be quite a few United players, I would say. Just like say your Luke Shaw, um, even even your likes of Wamba Saka has been amazing. Well, Wamba last year, you, 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 some of the stuff I said about Wamba Saka and that all last year. Um, you know, I I didn't want them anywhere near our squad. I told them I, I said they wouldn't get a game in the reserves, and there's been a total transformation. got Rashford, Casemiro, you know, Martinez. These are all lads I've probably put in a Premier League 11 you know, tonight. So for me, I would I would put a slight favourites on um on Sunday to beat Liverpool. Um, we've definitely got the squad to do it. Um were the, the informed team Liverpool? I know they, they won was it the last game two 0 but they've not been uh, they've not been doing right well at the moment. Jurgen Klopp looks a little bit wrackled, Um, where Ten Hag looks full of confidence. So yeah, yeah, no, I don't think you have be optimistic at all, mate. I'd, like I say, I'd be slightly disappointed if we didn't at least get a draw, not a win.
2: Yeah, um, Richard says he's saying a score draw, but if United are seriously in the mood, we could take three points, no problem. Uh, Robbie says, "Always be wary of a wounded animal." Like you said, Liverpool did win. I had a feeling, though. I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing. That you know, because if Liverpool hadn't had won um, on Wednesday night against Wolves, they would have been that kind of pressure building. That you know, they would have ramped them up to try and need to get a result. Because obviously, that was the first game back at Anfield after losing to Real Madrid. So now that the pressure, the sting's been taken out of that. They might help us um, with with our approach on Sunday. Um, Nikki, another couple of comments coming in. Nikki says, "Good evening, lads. Would you say you've progressed to cautiously optimistic? I think that's reasonable right now. I think, think Lee, I'm probably cautiously optimistic. I think Lee is more positively optimistic." Uh, and Patrick says, "Evening, guys. It would be great to pull off a winner, a traditional big round this season, especially at their place because 2016 is too long." And that's a good point. It's a point I made earlier in the week as well. We've lost at City. We've lost at um, Arsenal. We drew at Chelsea. It does. You you would probably get the feeling that Tenog, He doesn't come out and say it. He doesn't come out and like you know specify individual results, but he could. Probably see sense that he's desperate to get that win outfield, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be an age. Like you say, it's, it's United Liverpool at the end of the day, and like I say, I am optimistic. But a rival be like that, and we've seen it over the years, and anything can happen, don't get me wrong. But he'll want to he'll, he'll want to get a big uh, a big name on the road, surely. Um, and Liverpool be one of probably our biggest rival, would be a, a, a great thing to do. Um, listen. Premier League, anyone can beat anyone. Let's be honest, you, you've seen some right weird results this year. Um, and it's getting competitive. Um, but like I say, I'm, I am optimistic. I've I I at least a draw. Um, and I can't say anything more than if, if we didn't get any points from it, I'd, I'd be slightly disappointed, you know.
2: Yeah. Um, Gavin says, sorry about that, guys. I don't know what's happened there. Um, are we back? Are we back? Lee, are we back? Um, Lee, Lee's mic, mic is not working at the moment. Um, if you can turn your mic on, Lee. Um, can you hear me now, Wes? Yeah, good grief. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Our internet kicked, kicked us out, um, but it looks like some of you stayed with us. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate that. Um, we were literally just about to, yeah, everyone, thank God you've stayed. Commenting about the same thing we were going to talk about in the in the comments anyway. Um, Gavin asks, "Rashford on the left or through the middle on Sunday?" That's a big question, isn't it? Um, what's he going to do in that position? I would personally think because of Alexander Arnold's suspect defending, you're going to play him from the left from the start. Um, what do you reckon?
1: It's a tough one, mate. It's a it's a right tough one um, because I'd, I'd if you'd have asked me six or seven games ago and I played him from the left all day long. Um, <laughs> I paid the bill. <laughs> um, but no, he's, he's proving to be a very, very handy number nine too, isn't he? So, um, it's a hard one but like you say, looking at Alexander-Arnold, don't get me wrong, he's a, he's a fantastic full-back going forward. Um, very suspect and in defence. Um, I just worry that Rashford sometimes on the left doesn't get as involved as much as I'd like to see him. If, you, if, if that makes sense. Um, and he's our form, most form, most prolific golf go over this season. Um, I'd probably like to see him as a nine, but I've got a feeling I'll start as a seven. Yeah. Sorry, um, on the
2: left.
1: Sorry. Seven, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: what do you call that? An 11? like wide. Yeah,
1: it's been 11, didn't it? Yeah, when I was playing, it was an 11.
0: Yeah,
2: wide, wide 10 or oh, 49, if you're going at you go um, natural. Mark Foster says, Evening, Marco, you're all right. He says, Already they have got no Gomez or Thiago, so they're struggling. Um, Yeah, I mean, they've got some injuries. Their midfield's not great at the moment. Although, to be fair, they've got the new lad whose name I'm not going to pronounce. Hopefully, we won't need to pronounce it after the weekend. But um, yeah. um, then Mark also asked about starting with the possibility of Anthony and Garnaccio. But like we said, both, both of us said about maybe playing him from the left. Garnaccio, I think, in this game, he played the full game the other night. So, you know, he's there as a dangerous substitute if needed, um, to be sure. Um, Anthony's an interesting one, Lee. It seems like the, the manager at the moment has decided that you know play Wamba Saka and then maybe Sancho or Bruno in front of him you know, if he wants defensive solidity, but if he can afford to take a chance, then he'll play Dallo and um, Anthony because Dallow will overlap him. Um, it's an interesting one. I mean, what in terms of that combination, who, who would you start on the Ryan side on, on Sunday?
1: I'm not sure. Uh, Anthony, for me, um, I think he's got a great attitude um, and I think he's got a bag full of skills. And I think he's got the potential to be a really good, really good player. But for me, the jury's still out on him yet. Yeah, in, in my book, I'm, I'm not, I'm not 100% on him at all at the moment. Um, but San, is Sancho will. Is, 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 is Sancho available? Or? Yeah, he's
2: been ill. He's been ill, but they said he's back in training this week. So, um, so
1: yeah, so, yeah, I'd, I'd probably have a look at, depending on where we're putting Rashford i uh, probably have a look at putting Sancho outright, if I'm being honest. Um, and if I'm going on form as fullbacks, um, I'd backs probably, I'd probably stick Wan-Bissakim in there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough call to, to make at the moment, but good options to have going into the yeah, game.
1: This, the this, this is what we mentioned right at the beginning of the season. Um, the difference, what we've got now, is squad depth, um, which we, we've lacked for so long, you know, um, and um, to, to think that we've got two or three options in most positions now, um, and like I said, the, the, the second option is the lads what were starting week in week out last season, it's a, it's a great thing to have that uh, that depth.
2: Yeah. Robbie says, how good has it been the last few weeks? It's been a pleasure following them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, Mark said, Sancho and Su- Shaw, both available, according to the manager today. This is a good one, T2. Says, and I'm even going to even try with that. I believe it's pronounced... In fact, I will try. Chacha Gava, Djilovic. And I don't think it is. I think you're messing with me, but uh, maybe I'll try that anyway.
1: Um, You'll pronounce that better after five pints, mate.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I suspect so. Um, So, right. Apart from that, you know, United have have gone through against West Ham, so they're Fulham away from Wembley, uh, which is a really good position to be in. And other than that, they're playing Real Betis in the Europa League next week. Europa League proper, we're back in the competition after the, our position was at threat, thanks to Barcelona. Um, but, but Real Betis it is, Lee. Um, they're missing uh, Fekir, who's their creative talent. He's going to be missing for most of the... Um, well, he's going to be missing for our tie, for sure. Um the beat goes on with United. I mean, I, I'm not going to get carried away and start talking about quadruples or anything like that, but the the momentum that we've got, you kind of feel all right. You fancy United to sort of really take the game to base in the first leg, don't you?
1: Yeah, massively, mate. They've got to take confidence from the Barcelona game. Um, and like that we mentioned, the, the run we've been on, I think we're are we 10, 11 games unbeaten. Um, yeah, something like that something like that, isn't it? So, and, and the way we're playing, um, the players what we've got in form, you know, th- th- there's no reason why if, if we turn up, we can't beat the vast majority of sides that we're going to play to, from now to the rest of the season. Um, I think the quadruple is a little bit too far-fetched, if I'm being honest. I can't see us winning the Premier League. Um are bitterly disappointed if we don't get top four now um, with how we've been performing in the squad we've got. Um where again, if we wouldn't have been saying that at, at the beginning of the season, we were hoping for top four, we were keeping fingers crossed that 10 could get us in top four. And now to, to get us, you know, just after Christmas to be going to be very disappointed if we don't get there is it's, it's testament to how we've done. Um, FA Cup, massive chance again for silverware for me, massive chance. Fulham's a hard game, don't get me wrong. Fulham's, you know, bit, the surprise sides of the season for me, they've been they've been outstanding. Um, Pereira, ex United lad, been pulling trees up there, which I'm so glad to see because you know the pre season, Pearl he always had it in him, um, but didn't really seem to, to do it on a, on a regular basis. But he seems to have found his, his feet there, which I'm glad at. But there's, not, there's nothing stopping us on our day turning full in over and, and getting another another Wembley trip and hopefully adding some more uh, silverware. And then Betis again, decent side, but. Did, there's, there's nothing worrying me about playing Real Betis at all my way and not getting a result.
2: Yeah. It's an interesting one. I, I remember, I mean, Mark's put it... Oh, sorry, Richard said that we, we've never even played them in a um, in a, a friendly game, you know, never mind a proper competition. I remember Real Betis for... I don't know if you remember this, Lee, around the t- just before the turn of the century, um, they signed the Nielsen. On, on a world record fee for 21.5 million, and everyone was raving at the time about Ronaldo and Rivaldo. But Danielson was seen as like this, the, he was going to be the best player in the world. He had loads of mad skills, and it never worked
1: out for him. But they paid a world record fee. Can you remember that? Uh, do you know what, mate? No, I'm not going to clue about that one, but your knowledge <laughs> is uh, like we've said many a times we spoke about your knowledge, some of the things you pull out your hat. I don't know where you get them from.
2: <laughs> yeah, so so they had him and he was, you know, he didn't um I think he I think he played at the 98 World Cup to be fair. Um I can't remember where he was before he went to before he went to Real Betis or did did someone buy him from Betis? I seem to remember that it was Betis who, who paid the fee the record fee for him, but um they don't have a world class brazilian in, in their attack um for for next Thursday we de- definitely have one quite world class uh, Brazilian in our attacking Anthony and, and definitely is, is, that, is that Fred? <laughs> <laughs> well do you know when you were talking about him earlier before we were rudely interrupted by uh, yeah, me not paying my um, internet bill Um Fred's playing in that kind of role that um, he played at Shakhtar isn't he? That's what you see the liberation of him is that he's not expected to do the thing that he's not good at, which is keep possession in an old in midfield. He he breaks the play up, but he he joins in the attack. And uh, we've seen him not um I guess you are seeing him run onto attacks late into the box and where he's scoring some of his goals is where he's joining in late in the attack, which is what he was doing at Shakhtar next, yeah. so yeah. six or seven years later we're buying the player that we um we yeah Tito there he goes. He said it was better It was Denilson was one of the stars of that night Brazil airport. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure you remember that. When like, when you were
1: on about Denilson I actually nearly said is it part of the advert where he was in the airport I nearly said that to before. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well it may, I might just be totally making that up so I'm not saying it.
2: No um, well you know there you go. Take a chance well, next time. Yeah,
1: but just going on going on about Fred just the last thing I'd, I'd say is um, you know I've seen a lot of, a lot of, on Twitter about you know we should be starting um but he's done ever so well coming off the bench. You know the impact he's been making off the bench yeah. has been uh, has been unreal. So uh, I know it sounds a bit strange, but how well he's been doing and, and the praise I'm giving him, I probably still bench him and bring him on after sixty minutes because the impact has been has been tremendous. Of him.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's, it's the same like yeah, you know, the same theory with Garnacho that you know he seemed, you know. A young kid who didn't get on at Wembley might be quite disappointed, but seeing respect uh, respond the way that he did on Wednesday night and score the goal that he did, yeah. you kind of just want to keep well, 10 arms go to the golden touch at the moment with everything that he's doing with squad management, um, even down to having Maguire and Fernandez lift a trophy together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Every decision he's making is class A, it's for the good of the club and the good of the team. And every player is buying into that. So,
1: um, with... do, do, do do you think? Wayne, just a quick question because this is what's been playing on my mind. Do you think he's going to start Sabitza and Casemiro together on Sunday, or what? What do you think he's going to go through in the middle of the park? Because it, it's that, that, that's the debate we've debated about fullbacks and uh, Rashford. But who who's you going to put in the middle of the park? Um, no, I I don't know actually. It's a, that's
2: a really good question.
1: Who, who I, thought I, would come up, I thought it would have come up tonight. To be honest, I thought the, you know the lads and uh, all yeah. the women, the viewers would have would because it, it's been through with me all week. Who, who would I start against Liverpool in in the middle? And uh, I, I'm I'm a bit flummoxed as, as to what I think Ten Hag would do. To be honest, I
2: I think well he's going to play Casemiro. I suspect Fernandes will play in the middle. I know I know I've talked up him possibly playing on the right, but I reckon that'll be a, a plan B. Um, and if to round out the three, I mean, you've got a chance of Fred starting. Um, but I would, I think I would start Sabitza. I think, I think I would start Sabitza in there. What about you? What would you do?
1: I'd like to see Sabitza and Casemiro from the start and see how they get on. Um, like I say, I, I think, I think Fred has been our second best midfielder this season, but the impact is made off the bench. I think, um, I, I, like I said, I'd, I'd like him to come on you know, early in the second half. Um, so yeah, probably, I'd probably go submit to Casemiro and Bruno.
2: Yeah. Um, Mark says Pastor Fred. Yeah, that's um, the alternative MUFC commentary. By the way, I don't need to say go and check that out because they've it's got... amazing. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone knows, don't they? And they've got like, I think, I think today they passed 100,000 followers on Twitter, so fair play. That's um, I get those messages now from friends and family. Like, oh, have you checked that out? My wife was sending me the message the other day, and she's like, oh, have you seen this? She were saying Pastor Fred somewhere. I'm like, all right, all right. Um, I was at work, so I couldn't check that out um, at the time. Nikki says, all um, oh, right, we've got a couple of questions before we. Well, one question before we go, but Nikki says, hard to believe the last goal at Anfield was Lingard in 2018. Yeah, Mourinho's last oh. game. That
1: is mad. That um, mad. That, that's crazy man, isn't it yeah
2: um well i i says, you know i've got a feeling that we might break that duck on sunday for, for sure um richard what, one last question before we go uh, it says does lee think will uh, sebensa will end up being signed permanently what do you reckon
1: at the right price i think there's a very very good chance yeah if we get him at the right price um I've seen a couple of things over social media again, and I think it's going to be linked every season, but the, the young is coming back up. Um, I don't even think I want the young anymore, to be honest, with what he did with us last season. I don't think... I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm not interested in taking him. He's a, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. Very class on the ball. Um, yeah, I think if there's a, a sensible prize pot on Sabitzer, I can see i can see him being uh, being bought. Yeah, I really can. What's, what's sensible? 20,
2: 30 million? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I, it's somewhere between 15 and 25. So, it's the right ballpark. And Yeah. You know, just, I, don't, just... I
1: don't think... It, I think 30 million is pushing it um for him. Um, but, like I say, he's... he's i have not... What I've seen of him, I like. Don't get me wrong. I do like what I've seen of him. Um Technically, very, very gifted. We do have Ericsson to come back. Don't get me wrong. Um, I, do. I don't think... I don't think he's a level above Ericsson. I think Ericsson technically... Probably a better player, but if we're looking to strengthen the, the depth of the squad uh, and what he can bring, then yeah, I think it'd be it'd be a clever signing. Yeah. At the right side. <laughs> Yeah.
2: No, yeah, absolutely I agree. Um, I think that's it. And it is like, yeah, maybe there's one more addition to be found in there. Um, and maybe if Ericsson um you would, he's gonna stay, isn't he? he's is definitely gonna have another year in him. Um, so maybe that's a bit uh Although I, I, I'd quite like him to say that his might be the place that gets lost in the shuffle um, when cause Tom and will move on. You would expect at this moment, moment in time. And then, you know, who, who's the midfielder who gets brought in if we do
1: bring in someone? He's, he's gonna I, be I, think, I think a bigger debate than Sabitzer is if we're going to keep Weggos or Are we going to send him back? Are we going to look for a number nine? Are we going to put Rashford as a number nine and bring Naccio in? It's uh, that, that's what froze me a little bit. What we're going to do about a number nine because we was calling out for it. Um, even at the beginning of the season, I was saying we need a number nine. I think the one of the first podcasts we did, I was calling for Mbappe. Um, <laughs> I seem to remember having that conversation with you. Um, but the way Rashford's performed now, are they going to look at developing Ganaccio and putting Rashford up there? I'm not sure that's that's another debate, isn't
2: it? Yeah, you've got to sign Vegas, haven't It'll be like kicking a puppy if you don't. Um, and nobody kicks puppies, does um, <laughs> it? So, yeah. Mark says one well, one last comment before we go. It says Fred over Chelsea, all team six goals each since November. Yeah, I yeah. saw that the other day. That's quite a statistic. Um, but I, I didn't believe it, so I went back to check Chelsea's goal tally since November. And good grief, it is right there. Um, and we've got them coming up fairly soon as well, so that'll be interesting. All right. Well. That's it for tonight. Thanks for sticking with us through the um through the blip there. Um hopefully there's not a blip for us on Sunday. And hopefully I'll be back with Lee and Phil, get all the gang together next week on Friday night before um before the next weekend's game to talk over well, we'll be talking over the Liverpool game and the the Bettis first leg for sure. Um and then I think it's Southampton we'll be previewing um on the Sunday. So Yeah, thanks for um, watching. Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we'll be back next week. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See
0: mcdonalds.com. Even on a budget,